All right. Let's see. In three, two, one, testing the podcast. Here we go. All right. We finally got everything worked out. <laughs> you guys don't know, listening or watching, there was technical difficulties. But we made it. We're yes, here. We, did. we yes. are here. Yes, we did. And so as you can tell, it's our third installation of the podcast. Welcome to the Freedom Podcast, where you have a right to be free in the name of Jesus. And so today we're going to talk about um, it's another couple of stories and testimonies of freedom. As you can tell, if you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening through the airwaves, uh, you're about to hear uh, two new voices or two guests, two friends of mine that have come and said, I would love to share and be a part of the podcast. So on my left, your right would be? Brother Will. Brother Will. If you're from the mainland and you're listening to this podcast, it's Brother Will. But if you're local and you're right here on the island, right away. <laughs> and to my right, your left, if you're watching, is? Jeanette Brunken, or otherwise known as Dr. J. Dr. J. And you're going to find out that she is an actual doctor. She's not the basketball player, Dr. J, as you can yes. tell. So we're here. And um, thanks for being here, guys. I appreciate you guys Absolutely. saying yes. yes. I know, uh, again, behind the scenes, FYI, DVD extras, you know, Brother Will, um, you know, worked a nine-hour shift, and he's here. Uh, so... That's kudos to you. Yes, Cheers to yes. you, sir, for making it to our, our podcast and uh, not falling you. asleep. God bless you. Not uh, falling asleep and, 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 and all that. So anyway, we'll get into it. And um, we're glad you're tuning in. We're glad you're listening. Wherever you're at, we pray God's blessing over you. And we pray this podcast, uh, this, this podcast will bless you and will um, allow you to see that Jesus wants us all to be free. And there's freedom in Jesus' name. So we'll get into it. Again, thank you, Brother Will. Thank you, Jeanette, for Dr. J for being here. And uh, how's the Christmas season going for you guys so far? Well, I, won't, I don't have any complaints. Yeah. But I also haven't did any shopping. I'm one of those last minute guys. <laughs> <laughs> but I you're... go at midnight Christmas Eve. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. I yeah. get it. What about yeah, you, Jeanette? It seems to have snuck up on me yeah. uh, this year, but I got my online stuff out of the way. And so. I like online you shopping. Know, you know, it's uh, it's funny. Um, I didn't realize it until after I got the car. But uh, common sense says you buy the car after the holidays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I don't have been. any money for the holidays. <laughs> 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 you give people free Uber rides. Go, hey, Merry yeah. Christmas! I gave you a ride. If you bought an Uber, it costs you twenty bucks. So I just bought you a, a gift. Um, you guys have any traditions uh, during the holidays that we can talk about? Like things you remember from your growing up, your childhood that you remember from growing up. Oh, yeah. Around this time? Oh, yeah. I, I came up, my um, my family didn't have a lot of money. And uh, yeah. I remember my dad, did, <laughs> he would always, every Christmas morning, we all, it was seven of us, and we all got the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what it was? What? A, pair, a, new, a new pair of jeans and some apples and oranges. What? Some <laughs> jeans and oranges. That's hey. That was our Christmas. And sweet That's... potato pie. My dad made the greatest sweet potato pie. Mm. Wow. Okay. That sounds good. Yeah, I never... Thought about jeans and oranges as a Christmas gift. How about you, Jeanette? Any kind of family traditions that you can remember or things you, you and your husband do now with your kids during this time of year? Um, nothing in particular. I just, yeah. we love to put up the Christmas tree. We always try to do it either the week of Thanksgiving or, or wow. right after, or right on the week of Thanksgiving. So, okay. yeah. Yeah, we don't, <laughs> we don't have traditions. I think we go back and forth between either real Christmas, Christmas tree or a fake one. And to me, it's about the smell of that wreath or that mm. evergreen smell that mm -hmm. I like in my house. Um, I remember the same thing. One of the memories I have, and mom, if you're listening or if you're watching this, I don't know how you'd be watching this because you're not a YouTuber. But if you're listening to this somehow, I remember one Christmas, she never unwrapped any of our gifts. She just had a big trash bag saying, come here, kids. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I'm like, just like Santa without the red sack, you have a trash bag. But I remember that really vividly. So, you know, nowadays, yeah, we don't really have too many, too many traditions. We love to go watch the see the lights down yes. at the, at the uh, Capitol. Yes. Or Honolulu Hale. So that's one thing that we do all the time. You know, one thing about uh, this time of year, uh, as we're going to talk about, is that, uh, you know, everybody isn't always as happy as uh, we perceive them to be. Sometimes it's, it could be a depressing time of year mm -hmm. for people. You know, I know you're far away from family. Um, mm -hmm. You too. You guys are both mm -hmm. um, uh, people from the, main, the group in the mainland. And since made home here, um, but um, yeah, how's it? How do you, you know someone's listening and they're far away from family and whatnot? 
you know, how would you encourage them maybe in this time of season, if they're not really feeling, you know, like a part of something, how would you guys say you guys have been able to find connection or family or, or found a way to not let it uh, affect you? Well, one of the things that I did that helped me out a lot was um, I surrounded myself with good, positive people. Yeah, yeah, for and, sure. Uh, those people mm. became my family. Mm. Whatever they did, I did. Yeah. So I would encourage you just um, find yourself some good, positive people to hang around with. Yeah. People that um, that are like you. Yeah. Okay. That's what worked for me. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It is tough around this time of year. I do miss my family. Yeah. Um, I have my husband and boys here, but um, all of our family is still in Southern California, and. Um, yeah, I just make it a point. I call my mom every day, even if it's oh, wow. just for a few minutes. Um, and so that always helps out. And, you know, text my sister. And then with technology now, there's FaceTime and, and True. things like that. So yeah. we try to do that or carve that in every once in a while. But And, yes, I've, I've been blessed to have my Freedom Church family here. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, spending time with them here really, really means a lot. My life group. That That's really important. that really does plug up a hole, you know. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 Get close to the mic a little bit. Oh, the yeah. church family yeah, that we have here at Freedom Church that plugs up, um, plugs that hole up pretty good. Yeah. And me, I don't have any family um, here at all, and right. I've been gone away for when I was seventeen years. But wow. My mom and dad have gone on to be with the Lord, so mm. and all my brother, my siblings are, we all grown. So. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's a great, uh, a great picture. You know, it's it's. It's the people that fill those gaps that we know the Lord brings around us, you know, whether we're at home or with technology now, we can FaceTime people. And, you know, we're glad you guys found us as a, a, a family, a church family. You know, Brother Will has been with us for a long time. He's 15 years now. He's been with us for how many years? 15 years. And you've been with Freedom for? For five, almost five years. Five years. And so, you know, it, it's, it's just the spectrum. We have people that have been with us uh, through many a changes. And then we have people that have been with, with us uh, in, in the most recent of changes. And so um, I've asked Jeanette and Will to come on our podcast to really share with us their story, uh, their story of recovery and their story of victory. That's what I want to focus on, their story of freedom. And um, that's the whole basis of our podcast is to help uh, kind of bring to light the areas where you may be struggling with, and you can be free. You know, in Jesus' name, you Amen. can be free. You don't have to be a slave to sin anymore, a slave to the addictions, a slave to uh, behaviors that are from the devil. And um, if you're listening to this or watching this and you're not a believer, you, you got to know some way, shape, or form that there there is a bigger world than what you see. There's a supernatural world that, that we all um, have to acknowledge either way. You know, it, it, there is a God and there is a devil and the devil just wants us to be enslaved to these, these behaviors, these thought patterns. And um, whenever we get a chance, we love to just share testimony. And, and my goal and my heart for this podcast is to bring on just my friends and even people that are brand new in my sphere of, of influence um, and to have them share their story. So today we're going to just talk a uh, story with Jeanette and with Will about their journey, their story, and what they've went through and what they've gone through. And I pray that it will bring you um, hope It'll unlock something in you that says, wow, if God can do it through them, then God can do it through me. And so they're not any more special than any of you listening or any of you watching. We're all the same. We're all created in his image. And um, the only way we make it is through Jesus. And so I want to start off by um, kind of going back and forth between you. So I'll start with you, Will. You know, what is your, your story when it comes to... Um, your addiction and, and and just how you found yourself in that place without giving, um, without giving I guess the glory to the sin or glory to that time in your life, but just so that you can explain and give us context. You know what was the darkest of darks for you when it came to your addiction and how you're trapped in it and it was just taking you down the wrong way. Well, um, first of all, I'm excited to be on this podcast. Yeah, you, man. This is um, <laughs> this is. This is us. Yeah, this, this is it. what we do. Yeah, you know? and um, I was in active addiction, you know, for thirty-five years. Wow. Um, uh, since I was a teenager, and my addiction took me all over the place, through the military, all over the United States, and and everywhere. And the darkest moment came for this right here. But let, and let me tell you this right here for you, those of you that are listening and are still stuck in addiction, there is hope. Yeah. Amen. If the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. Amen. And I remember my darkest moment. 
um, when I'm at the bottom of the pit right there, how I was, um, I was in a park, uh, in Alamoana Park, and I remember this, I was laying up under a tree and it was, um, it was drizzling rain. And um, I was covered up with a piece of cardboard. My life had been reduced to a cardboard box under a tree. Um, no hope. Didn't know where my next meal was coming from. You know, I used to go to uh, restaurants and whatever food they throw away, that would be my next meal. Oh. And I remember as I was laying under that tree and it was drizzling rain, and, and you have to understand something. I, um, I never wanted to get clean. I didn't, never wanted to get clean, you know, but, yeah. and uh, here, here's what happened. While I lay under that tree one night, and it was drizzling rain. I remember it was drizzling rain, and I looked up, and from deep down inside of my heart, I cried out to this God. This mm. was a God that I had vowed years ago never had anything to do with. Yeah. And I cried out to this God, and um, tears were rolling down my eyes, and I said three words. I said, God, help me. Wow. Please help me. Yeah. And immediately the devil showed up. Yeah. You know? <laughs> immediately the devil showed yeah. up and told me that God's not listening to you. Wow. And he, he, those words ain't going nowhere, but... I'm here to tell you something. God was listening to me. And Amen. the proof is that I sit here, right here today, clean. And so I remember when I got up the next morning, in the morning someone had laid some food at the head mm. of um, I was laying out. It was orange, a sandwiches, uh, some fruit. And I ate the food, and I got started walking down Alamoana Boulevard, and I ran into a guy that I hadn't seen in a long time. It's funny, you know, because the Lord just... You know, he'll place people in your path yeah. you know, if you're, you're sincere. Yeah. And he placed this gentleman in my path, and this gentleman told me that um, he had been in a place called Detox, and I had never heard of that. And I mm. said, what is that? And he explained it to me. I said, how can I get in there? What made me want to go there was not to get clean. What made me want to go there was I get three hot meals and I get a bed to sleep in. That was your starting point. That was that, it. That was your motivation that right there. That was it. And I wow. went there, and... Um, one thing led to another, and um, yeah, that's that's kind of like your your you would consider your darkest kind of lowest absolutely. point. Yeah. Well, what about you, Jeanette? I, I mean, as much as you can share, want to share, what would you what did you feel was your turning point, or maybe at the bottom of your addiction? Um, and you can explain what that is. You know, he was saying that you know you're you were addicted to to all kind of drugs and alcohol or whatever. And so, you know, for you, Jeanette, what was your rock bottom uh, situation? Yeah, yeah, I kind of like. Um like brother will I, I had that up and down journey and i think um throughout my life i didn't drink or party until after high school yeah. and i think it started around college but i always had that um you know tug of war mm. <laughs> kind of journey but it all it all boiled down to just god um kept seeking after me so persistent just looking back at everything and um i think my my low point was um when I was um, caught up in my alcohol addiction, mm. and I think, and it was just um, tearing our family apart. But I think the real um, point was when my husband um, just kicked me out. He just, wow. he just had enough, and it was right before Thanksgiving. And he mm. said, "You can, you can come over for Thanksgiving, but you, other than that, you, you gotta leave." And wow. so I just remember <laughs> I was in this hotel room by myself thinking I'm like what am I doing here I'm supposed mm. to be with my family this this just isn't right and so um yeah and and it took some time you know I, I came back to him you know I promised I'd change but I mm. didn't really surrender myself and make that commitment until um after we had moved here because it was right before we had moved and I think it took um just yeah, getting myself out of that environment. I mean, we came here for lots of reasons, but um, it ended up being a miracle for, for our marriage because I got out of that environment. And, yeah, um, yeah at that point, I had a dramatic uh, just epiphany um, after hiking up Cocoa Head Trail mm. <laughs> by myself. And I just heard God spoke to me, and I was just... I was just tired. I was sick of living, you know, two lives, pretending to be someone who yeah. I wasn't. And um, and so I just surrendered, you know, I um, all I had to God. I'm like, okay, I just, I'm enough of this, God. You, you have, you have, my life is in yeah. your hands. And wow. so I came down that Cocoa Head Trail, went back home and threw out all the alcohol. Amen. <laughs> and Amen. Um, yep. You know, you said something that I want to, I want to ping on. Because it's like, you know, you never know how our conversation is going to go. Um, but I believe that the word you use or the phrase you use, I think it's, it's important for our listeners to, to, to maybe hear your story. You talked about living two lives. 
you didn't want to pretend anymore. Speak to that, you know, how, you know, well, did you struggle with that? Did you struggle oh, with like double life time. living? Yeah. Big time. One, uh, trying to be someone that you know you're really not. Yeah. The disease of addiction, it's, it, it messes you up psychologically. Yeah. You know, you, you, um, I wanted to wear all these different kind of hats. You know, I wanted to be the good brother and, and, mm. and the good father and, and, and the good coworker and the good student. I wanted to be all those, but at the same time, I wanted to be a good addict. Hmm. And trying to wear all those different hats, you, you want to be this person, want to be this person. It's like the, um, uh, I remember a book that I read, um, um, uh, Sybil, 16 Faces of Eve or something like that. Yeah. Uh, they want, you, you want to be this and you want to be that, but the disease will not let you be that. So you mentioned that too, Jeanette, like living two lives. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know? definitely. Especially, I think, in for someone like me, I guess, a professional um, type. And I was, you know, that overachiever, you know, wanting to yeah. do everything. And I, I, I took pride in that, that my work life, it didn't affect my work life, you know, yeah. but, and I didn't want to, anybody to show or to, to know that, that I had this drinking problem. I didn't even know I had a problem, but mm. um, all the while at home, it was just, it was just ruining and I was slowly, slowly ruining myself. And yeah. so, you know, I, I don't know the statistics on it. I mean, I probably could look it up and, and figure out, you know, in Hawaii and how many people uh, are in that, that world of addiction, you know, whether they, they're in treatment centers, whether they, they've, been identified through surveys or what have you and um you know i myself you know, again have never experienced you know being someone who was addicted to drugs or alcohol you know i've believe it or not i've never done any drug at all i've never done any any sort of illegal drug any i've done like tylenol and uh you know, uh, That's you know those kind of those kind of medical drugs, but That's I've never okay. done it's any. Good to know about my past. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never done any illegal drugs. I've drank. I don't want to consider myself um, a, an addict, but similar to your story, you know, I didn't um, kind of let loose until after high school. And um, for me, the turning point in my life coming to Freedom Church was when was one of those nights where you come home and you just was, was uh, you know, the night before you realized you almost could have died because, you know, I, when I drank, when I was, you know, in, in college or whatever, I was a violent person, you know, and so I would pick on anybody, doesn't matter if they're twice my size, so I remember the night before I picked on this Samoan guy that I was like, he could probably smash me with his thumb, and because you were, you were just smashed itself, you, 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 and you realize your friends are like, you know, to me the Lord's hand was on me all the time, protecting me from my dumb situations, and that night I was, you know, hung over, and I remember that. And similar to you, I said, you know what, Lord, I don't want this anymore. Even though I wasn't an addict, I felt like um, in my family, without kind of going too much into detail, you know, there, there was addiction um, to alcohol uh, in my family. And I knew that the devil would be so happy if I went down that same road. Because I've seen what it, it does to families, like you were saying, what it does to, to families that... Um, uh, it destroys them. It destroys them. And, and not only does it destroy the present, it also has generational effects. It you does. Know? Yes. Absolutely, um, it does. And, and so I didn't want to continue that cycle. So praise God, you know, that, that I've never considered myself uh, an addict of anything in that realm. Um, and so I appreciate you guys sharing that, that, that struggle because there's people that are listening that um, either are in the same place you are now or they're they're coming out of it, and they're looking for uh, just inspiration and hope. Um, outside of those moments, you guys talked about how God played a real instrumental part in you making that turn. Um, for you, Will, when you talk about the the voice of God, um, can you just maybe talk to us a little bit more about you know what that moment was like when you said you know God help me you know or those three words. Um, you were you were a Christian at that time, or no, or no, no, I was not. No, I was not. When, but you um, grew up in the church. Well, kind of, sort of, kind yeah. of, yeah. When I wrote those three words right there, and the devil came in and told me that God's not listening to me, you know. But then afterwards, I remember I fell off into a deep sleep, mm. and, and um, it was raining. I fell off into a deep sleep, and I knew I knew that God was working when I got up the next morning because uh, when I fell asleep, it was raining, but when I woke up, the sun was shining, wow. and I wasn't wet. And there was food there. Oh. You know? So I knew that uh, something was happening. Some kind of divine intervention. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, and God, he, the plan that he had laid out for me uh, during my recovery, let me yeah. tell you something. 
I come from um, the disease of addiction. You don't have to be um, homeless or, or, or unemployed. You have disease of addiction. It affects judges, lawyers, yeah. doctors, yeah. everyone. And it affected my family. I had six other siblings. There were seven of us. Five of us were in the disease of addiction. Mm. And um, um, 35 years, I was in it. For 31 of those 35 years, I never saw my family. None of my siblings, wow. no one. 31 consecutive years. Mm. And when, uh, when I got into recovery and I got clean and God opened up a door, and after 31 years, I, I decided to go home and see my siblings. Wow. Redemption. So I, for you, Jeanette, same thing. I mean, were you a Christian at the time that you... Um, I guess we're at that place of your husband kicking you out and were you yeah, guys? Yeah, I was. Yeah. And I guess it kind of goes back to that up and down journey where, yeah. um, I mean, I, again, kind of going back to the same thing. I grew up in a Catholic home, mm. Christian upbringing. I had a, you know, was well taken care of. I wasn't yeah. abused. So yeah, you know, addiction has yeah. no, you know, discrimination, but, um, mm. I think I kind of, my relationship was God with God was kind of like an, um, <clears throat> like an overbearing parent <laughs> yeah. and I just wanted to rebel. Interesting. And so it wasn't until, um, medical school, you know, I was even struggling to finish medical school because of my, um, involvement in the rape scene and addiction to ecstasy. But at the wow. same time, I had a hunger to go back to God. And so mm. I was going to Bible studies, um, at medical school, just going back to, you know, how God was always there, just pursuing me, yeah. and ended up, uh, I was taken in by some good friends, and um, went to church, and this was, like, after a night, of course, partying, I was really, really down, and depressed, mm. and um, called out to one of my friends, and uh, he said, well, let's go to church, let's go have breakfast, and <laughs> we'll go have church, yeah. we'll go to church, and uh, it was that morning I had, and this was a very, uh, it was a church uh, outside UCLA and very charismatic, and yeah. it was just what I needed. I never knew church can be like that. There were people dancing in the aisles, and <laughs> the music was rocking, and I'm like, oh, wow, this is great. And that was just, you know, what mm. I needed, and I, I ended up, you know, giving up my heart to Christ on that, that yeah. day. And You yeah. know, I um, when I got clean and recovering, mine had no intentions of joining the church. Yeah. You know, but, you know. God had other plans because when I got to U.S. Vets, there was a, uh, a guy that worked there named Bobby. Yeah. And this guy came to my room, and he said, um, he said, Will, um, I want you to go to mini church with me. I, and I said, okay. I just said, okay. And then when he left, I said, mini church? That must be a small building somewhere, you know, half the size of a church. Mm. But I remember we went to this mini church, and how, how, how it was during the holiday season. And the following Sunday, he wanted me to go to church with him. And that's when we were at the uh, Coppola High School. Yeah. And I remember when I walked in there that the people there, they smiled, they hugged me. They didn't care how, little, how I looked or anything. The welcome I got there, and I knew that was the place for me to be, and I've been there now 15 years. Yeah, you've been there ever since. Yeah. You know, when I hear the stories of, you know, God's hand in our life, mm -hmm. you know, that's a, that's a theological idea that, like, for me, I share that a lot with the church and with people. Like, you know, I'd love to see the tape of my life where God's hand intervened in so many of the areas where it could have gone way worse than it did, you know, mm. God's grace and God's mercy and forgiveness and his protection, you know, for all of us in this room, whether, um, like you said, whether or not, you know, we're fully into, you know, the addiction or people who just consider themselves casual drinkers or recreational drug users or what have you. I mean, help me understand, help maybe someone who's listening understand, because you might be speaking to people that, don't think they have a problem, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like, I think to myself, like, what's the drink here? What's the drink there? What's, you know, like, for, of course, when you think of talking about illegal drugs, it's altogether, you know, that, on that level, it's illegal. So it, it, it is what it is. But when you think about people who don't see it as a, a gateway or a, oh, come on, it's just one drink. It's just, you know, I just do it when, I, when I'm with my friends, you know, huh? What would you guys say to that person? I mean, not to condemn them or, or look down at them, but what would you say to somebody who was listening? And I believe if you're listening to this podcast, it's not an accident, and you're like, ah, I don't really have an addiction or a problem. What would you say to people in that, in that realm or that boat, you know? I'd say this. <clears throat> if, if you're whatever you're using, drinking, using whatever, whatever it is, if it is affecting any area of your life, 
any area, not just one area or 10 areas, if it is affecting your relationship, your marriage, your work life, um, your social life, it's, if, it, if it is a, a affecting any one of those areas, you might want to take a look at yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What, yeah. Jeanette, anything? I mean. Yeah, I think... Um it, it, it's it's real difficult because I ha still have friends that you know drink and yeah. and um, they they are they know my story and you know it's not like I judge or anything but mm -hmm. um, yeah it, it's it's kind of hard um, I think it's it's what speaks to them I think I'm still struggling with that too yeah um, um, I wouldn't really know what to say because I feel like you know for me I'm just that person that can't have just one drink yeah and so. Yeah. Um, but it, it's true, yeah, if it's, on, it's affecting their life, then it's something they got to think about. Or if they can't just set it down, walk away from it, that's another. On the other yeah. hand, there are people that can drink and use and live successful lives. It's, and successful meaning what? Like they can, they can function. Yes, right. function. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they can function. function. I mean, success, you know, in the definition is like, yeah. So, I mean. When you think about, like, the Bible doesn't condemn drinking to a point of not having a drink, but getting drunk. Mm -hmm. But someone from an addictive past knows that that one drink can lead to uh, backsliding mm -hmm. um, and, and affecting your life, you know. And so the behavior and the, the act of taking a drink or, again, um, Definitely using drugs or using any illegal substance is, is, is uh, you know, because alcohol is legal, right? Yeah, alcohol I think is legal. Yeah, makes it harder. It's more socially acceptable. It is. It is. And, and, and it's yeah. everywhere you look. <laughs> it is. And it's, it's on TV. It's, it's you know, it, whatever. It's like even my son. And, and again, it's like the idea of being 21. I, I, I don't know how it, I mean, I know it generationally it still is promoted because people will be people. But he's always asking, when I turn 21, Dad, you know, can I? I'm like, when you're 21, you're legally able to, to, to do this. But till then, no, right? But he's like, well, this is that. Uh, it's only, I'm like, you know what? Because if we're having wine or something, he's like, can I taste it? Can I taste it? And I'm thinking, well, people in Europe, they're young. And they, <laughs> they let their kids. But I'm like, but we live in America, and it's illegal to give anyone under 21 alcohol. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it, no. But, so, no. But, yep. but, but I think the, the deception that, I want to tra transition to now outside of the behavior, outside of um, the actual alcohol and the drugs, because people can be addicts for anything, right? Yeah. Shopping addicts, yeah. food addicts. I mean, and you guys addiction. have been, addiction is, is. It, 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 it's a spectrum. Yep. You can have a porn addiction, a sexual addiction, um, anger can be something, I wouldn't call it an addiction, but you feed off of it. You know, gambling, gambling addiction, exercise, exercise, <laughs> you know, um, but what is that? I mean, without, again, glorifying the sin and glorifying that behavior, because um, that's your past and, and you guys still have to you know, remain free in the area. But help me understand as someone who doesn't understand that addictive nature, you know, like spiritually, I know. The enemy loves to tempt, tempt us and give us what we, 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 what we think we want and what we need to get us further away from God. But psychologically, physically, what is that addiction, hmm. addictive nature like? You know, evil. You, mm -hmm. It is very evil. Um, no one trusts you. Yeah. Your own family doesn't even want to be around you. As Dr. J alluded to that um, her husband told her, it's very, very evil. Mm. Yeah. Very evil and very wicked. Yeah, I always think of it like when I was in that low point um, yeah. of, of a disease. I was sick. I was just mentally sick. And there would be times where I felt like I was out of my body, like I was doing these things, but I knew it was wrong. But mm. it's, I still might see myself just going ahead and, and, and doing it. And, yeah, just being overcome by the enemy and and um, and there, I think there's a lot of issues, and I think that's what Celebrate Recovery helps us to discover. There's everyone has their own story that yes. underlies yes. their addiction. I think it's different for everybody too. Yeah, and so that's what programs like Celebrate Recovery I think help help us through. 
So when you get to the root of your when you get when you get to the root of it, like um, addiction is for me, it's not just drugs and alcohol. I had to get down to the root of the yeah. Addiction. So what is that root that you've discovered? Well, you 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 find it. Um, we call it when you work it in um, the twelve steps. Yeah. And the twelve steps it takes you each step takes you step by step. And, you know, it takes you down to the root of your addiction. But I like uh, I'm the root of my addiction was I was abused as a as a kid. Yeah. I was abused as a kid, and um, and I remember that I used to like to stay away from home and go with my brother. And my brother gave me a um, pakalolo one day, and it made me feel it made it made me feel, you know, that um, I could do things that I really couldn't do. Huh. It's mentally, it's physical, and it is emotional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You guys talk about celebrate recovery. We're going to talk about that in a minute because it's a it's a great program. It's a great community of of just groups of people around the country. It's a national uh, organization. If you're watching this or listening to this um, and, and you need something, um, there's great programs here. We used to have it here. Jeanette and Will actually were, were part of trying to get it started here. And um, I don't believe it's dead per se, but I believe like for that season it helped uh, bring people through things. So, you know, what you guys did wasn't in vain, even though I, I'm sure you guys would have loved to have seen it flourish. But Knowing about Celebrate Recovery, we're going to talk about that, you know, later on because it's part of your recovery story and it still it continues to be part of it. But you talk about um, emotional uh, emotional roots, right, things that have happened to you. So if, if someone, again, if, if someone was abused, right, not 100% of abused people become alcoholics or addicts, right? Mm-hmm. But it's a trigger, it's, it's an event in your life, right? So how do you, you know... For you, the emotion of abuse tends to lead to what? Or for you, did you find that root or seeing what kind of led you to become? Yeah. Having a, an yeah, addictive? and I think that's important because I guess for me, um, people pleaser, um, placing mm. my worth on my own achievements, um, and just really not not loving myself. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, these are the struggles. And it's important because sometimes those underlying character defects, as, mm. as we'll call them, can still be there. I'll, I'll still struggle with that, even yeah. today. Um, I might not drink, but they might still be there. Mm. And yes. so that's why we're always, you know, doing the giving, getting our inventory and, 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 and giving that up to God. And I think that's why you got to be honest with yourself and with God mm. um, with those underlying issues. Yeah, yeah because, I mean, People deal with trauma all the time, you know, all kind of emotional trauma, relational trauma, you know. Um, if they were abandoned as a kid, like, I have my own issues, too. And, and I've, I've seen how the enemy loves to play on those things, you know. Like even as an adult, you still decide whether or not you're going to believe that those traumas define who you are, you know, like abandonment issues. And it still comes out in our behavior nowadays. And so when you think about, you know, if you're thinking about, you know, the things that have happened to you and, and you're escaping through alcohol or escaping through shopping, escaping through eating, escaping through working out, I think you have to address the, the issue, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Because yes. Mm-hmm. when we think about what we're yes. talking about here, we, we've let, we let off with, like, these extreme expressions of trauma and of um, identity going to alcohol and drugs. But really, at the root of it, it's, it's what's that, that trauma or that mm-hmm. effect on your soul mm-hmm. that really leads to these destructive behaviors. And we're talking about addiction, but like what Will said, it, it takes many shapes and forms. And you guys have come to that recognition of, of those uh, traumatic experiences, you know. And how, do you, you know, how would you speak to somebody that maybe experienced abuse or abandonment or some kind of trauma relationally or emotionally? Um, how would you speak to them? Well, uh, first of all, let me say this. Something has to happen to you for, uh, for you to become an addict. Yeah. I didn't wake up one morning in the morning and all of a sudden I said, oh, I don't know what I want to be. I want to be an addict. Right. Something has to happen to you before, uh, uh, before you can be an addict. And these emotional things that, uh, that uh, the, uh, what we call getting to the root, root of the problem, those character defects and everything, mm. they have to be worked through, you know, and you, you, yeah. this thing doesn't happen overnight, this recovery thing, it does not happen overnight. It does not, 
it's not osmosis where the sky's going to open up and it's going to fall in your lap. Yeah. It takes work. You will get out of it what you put into it. Mm -hmm. If you don't put nothing into it, you, you won't get anything out of it. Yeah. So you have to get down to the root of those issues and you have to work a program. You have to have a program because you, you can't do it on your own. Yeah. So uh, what I would tell them is um, get, a, get with a program. Yeah. Find something. Yes. Celebrate recovery, 12-step. Yes. I mean, for us, we believe Bible-based programs are the best right? because biblically, and again, we're going to, you know, you're listening to this Freedom Church podcast, so you're here. We're not going to hold back our, our theology. We believe that outside of the, the power of God and the Word of God, you know, we're just trying our best in our own human efforts, and those things never last. It becomes legalism or becomes rule-following, but any program that has... At the core of it, Jesus as the power of it all. You know, there's, there's programs that, talk, that call upon the higher power That's and right. these and things. And, and whether or not, again, they have to be that way. I'm not sure how, you know, the 12-step program is where they say if you believe in this God or that God. As Christians, we know ultimately that it's one God mm -hmm. and Jesus has the power to change lives. And, but, but there's also the process, you know. And when you, when you talk about that, Jeanette, when you think about the root of it, when you discovered your root, of whatever the addiction was, um, what was that process like for you? I mean, how did you face that truth in your life, and how how has it been working out in your life to 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 not let that become who you are yeah. anymore? Yeah, I think um, just being honest and and confessing it. Oh. I think um, through the celebrate recovery in that small group, just being able to to verbalize and and confess these things. You know, I. My name is Jeanette Brunken, Grateful Believer. I struggle with um, people-pleasing, overachievement, wow. and, you know, this, whatever. Um, and just, I think the act of just being honest um, yeah. and saying that, it, it breaks the silence. Because That's when good. you're in your addiction, you're hiding those things. Yes, and, that is good. And just um, breaking the silence to, to your, your sisters in that small group and, yeah. and to God. That is good. That is so good because I think... The Bible, again, calls it repentance. You know, mm -hmm. it basically is acknowledging the sin, calling it out for what it is, and not being ashamed of it, but saying, help me, Lord, mm -hmm. but also realizing that there is something um, that is not pleasing to God and not healthy for your spirit, but knowing that there is a God that is full of grace, full of mercy, works through people and programs to help restore you so I love that you, you talked about the idea of being honest, confronting it for what it is, because, you know, as, as you guys know, there's many people out there that, that are in denial, yeah. you know? And, and they're, like you said, they're, they're maybe wishing or they're maybe even be praying or hoping that it would just go away, that desire would just mm. somehow they'll grow out of it or somehow they'll get found out. You know, some people are just waiting to get caught. I'm not sure if you guys, you know, I've, I've read and heard where people are, like, so thankful that they got caught, whether it's using, abusing, whatever. And they're like, if I were not caught, I would not have probably stopped. Yeah, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Versus the, the, that honest, courageous step of getting help and acknowledging. And I want to tell you, if you're listening again, and you have the courage in you, if you feel like, like what Brother Will said, the, the, the doubt, the fear, when you know that that's the right thing to do, it creeps in. I just want to pray for you and, and let you know, like, have the courage, you know. And I can say it not because um, I'm better than or I've, I, I myself have achieved it, but I know that I've seen people who have had the courage, like these two people right here. They've had the courage to call it what it is, to ask for help, to acknowledge their, their, their trauma, acknowledge the, the root of their issues, and they're on a road to recovery, if not, you know, helping other people on their road to recovery. So, you know, my prayer, Lord, is to, for the people, anybody who's listening to this, Lord, is to help them have the courage, God, to, to confront those things, to call out those things and not hide or let the enemy continue to confuse them. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. And so, yeah, what a great point. So now turning from, you know, what was and how you guys confronted it, we talked about CR. You brought up CR. You brought up a program. Um, how you know? How have those those programs and CR? How has those things have? How have those things been able to help you guys on your road to recovery? Because it is a process, right? 
you know, I'm, I'm, I believe that God can heal completely. I've heard stories where God just takes away that addiction right away. Um, and I also know that there's a process that people go through, and we have to understand that. So how has CR or um, AA helped you uh, in the area of, of now recovery and victory? Well, I'm, a, um, I'm not too much of an AA guy. I'm an NA guy, you know, which okay. is Narcotics Anonymous. NA, okay. And um, because you're, you're around people that are like you. Yeah. And, you know, the journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step. And the first step is admitting you have a problem. Mm -hmm. When you go into the, uh, when I go into the rooms and I listen to other people and, and, and you find solutions in the rooms. What I mean by solutions is I've seen people come in there um, that have blurted out what their problem is, what their day was, what they're going through. And one thing I've learned that I'm, in all my years of recovery is that it doesn't matter what you're going through or what you've been through, you can always find someone in an AA or NA meeting that is going through what you've been through or have been through what you've been through, and they can tell you how they got through it. Yeah. You, so you find solutions in the rooms right there. You know, solutions and, in the room. And, and, and uh, there's, there's therapy in that, you know, because, yeah. uh, because what we say is that uh, the therapeutic value of one addict helping another is, mm -hmm. it's just mm. priceless. Yeah. What about you, Jeanette? How has um, CR and some of the programs that you've gone through helped helped you in your recovery and your victory? Yeah, I think just that being in that community is so important and just having that support, um, knowing I'm not alone, I'm not the only one yes. yeah. with, this, with this problem, um, knowing I can go to a place where I won't be judged, um, I don't have to feel shame, um, mm -hmm. I'm just welcome in, in, in to the, God's family. And, um, and, and, it, and it's a journey, you know, it's, it's yeah. exactly, it's not like, I mean, I had went, gone through celibate recovery way back when, when mm -hmm. that, to get me off of the ecstasy and drug part of it, and then yeah. went back to residency, did my thing, thought I was healed, and, and still had an addiction to alcohol that I didn't think I did, right. I was still in denial, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And then it didn't uh, return to me until I came here. And then that's when you approached me with uh, uh, starting Celebrate Recovery here. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I think that community is just so important. Yes, and it is. Yeah. Because there's no cure. There's no cure for the disease of addiction. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't take, I can't take a pill or a doctor can't give me a shot. Right, right. Let, you know, when you talk about a cure, you're talking about like a medicine or a, yes, another yes, drug that would combat yes. that, that you know, you, urge you, or desire. You just... Um, it can be arrested, and we manage it. Yeah. Well, and that's why I think, like, when you talk about um, how to categorize uh, addiction, um, and you kind of bring up a point that you cannot take something to get rid of it, you know, when you talk about this, because it is a, it is a soul issue. It is a, 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 a emotional issue. It's a, it's a, it's a, a trauma, traumatic issue that why people, you know, whether it's a, a disease in a sense where you can't control it or it's out of your, your um, you know, if someone is addicted to shopping, like mm -hmm. for me, I think the closest thing I get to is an addiction to shopping. That's true. Like Amazon.com, Best Buy, you know, and I don't, <laughs> I don't try to minimize any of the other kind of addictions, but the innate desire to feel like, why do you need, it's a stimulant, right? Mm -hmm. It stimulates you to like feel euphoric about whatever it is you're mm -hmm. buying you're or eating. that void. You're, you're finding fulfillment in, yes. in shopping and it whatever. Is. And, uh, new, new cars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no shade thrown here, but but you know, like you know, when you when you, when you think about somebody who, um, and, and when I think about the spectrum, you have people who are entering into addictive behavior and they don't even know it yet. You know, they're trying to fill a void. Maybe you just broke up with your your, your boyfriend or girlfriend. Maybe people at school are teasing you. Maybe. The world tells you your image, your body image, your, you should look this way, you should be this successful. Maybe if you're a man, you should make this much money, you should have this many women, you should have this kind of, you know, men have different uh, standards as women, you know, and, and men get into addiction for maybe different reasons than women do, you know, but if you're entering into something like that, um, just like what, 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 what Jeanette and Will said, just think about, you know, what those things are. Be real with yourself and be honest. Find somebody to to talk to, whether it's um, a parent or whether it's a, a, a teacher, whether it's a, a, a good trusted friend or whether if you feel like you have nobody, you know, call us, call Freedom Church, yes. you know. Yes. 
ask for Jeanette, Will, or myself, Absolutely. and we'd love to talk to you for sure. And this is, that's not an empty promise, right? No, it's not. I, I mean, if you're hearing this podcast, it's a reason that you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening to this podcast in some way, shape, or form, that if you feel you have nobody, call us. Call Freedom Church, 808-682-7330, and, and we'll answer, and we'll do our best that we can because um, you're not alone. You know, you're not alone. And I love the fact that <clears throat> Jeanette and Will talked about belonging to a community. Um, real quick, it's not a plug for CR or NA or AA, but I believe in CR, even though we don't have it here. I've seen people have gone through it. Um, just real quick, you know, tell us about the CR program, where, where, you can, where you guys have attended, where is a good place to go if you're listening or watching, where you guys can find this information. You can definitely go on the website and, and look it up, but if you're in Hawaii, um, where, where can they go, Jeanette? Where, where's yeah, a good yeah. program? Yeah, and I often tell some of my patients this. I, I'd refer them to the Celebrate Recovery in Waikele at the Inspired Church. Yeah. Um, I think that's the, the main one I know of, but there's others around the island yeah. um, too. And if, you're, yeah, and if you guys are curious, you know, call Inspired Church. We know we love them over there. And so, again, uh, it's a great program to be a part of. Yes. And so we've kind of been here, uh, you know, a good amount of time right now. We've talked a lot about of a lot about, you know, the addiction, about the recovery uh, process. But um, what has life been like on the other end, you know, being sober, um, not, uh, you know, I know it's a battle on a, on a day-to-day basis for, for both of you. But for someone who can't see it yet, you know, what does the other side look like? What does the other side of addiction look like when you can be free from that, that those, those feelings or those those um, those behaviors, those those areas of bondage. What does it look like? It's like <clears throat> it's like take it's like taking a chain off you that you got a big old concrete ball mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. It's um, the other side is uh, I don't know how <laughs> I don't know I don't know how words to put into it. It's uh, yeah. it's beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful, especially when you get to the other side, and Jesus has walked you to that other side. Mm-hmm. You get to that other side. It's uh, my life today is so so different. You know, I mean. Um, um, I have people tell me today that um, you're not the same you, you used to be anymore. Yeah. I, I, I speak, uh, I've spoken uh, meetings all over the island, mm. and, um, and there were people that in there that knew me when I was in my addiction, you know, and they would come up and say, you changed. And one thing about it, I don't know that, I don't see the change, but other people see it in you when you're working an honest program. Right. Anything for you, Jeanette? Like, how would you encourage somebody at the, the tail end of... Yeah, I think... Um it, it's just a whole new life, uh, and definitely, it, it's definitely freeing because you're not, you know, chained to that addiction anymore. Um, there's just a whole new, better life out there. I can oh just my. think of it. It's like um, everything's in color now. You think of things, huh. you notice things more. You can actually experience something for the very true nature that it is, and not because you were drunk or. Mm-hmm. Um, addicted, and I always, I was always afraid it was going to be boring, you know. But you know, what am I going <laughs> to? Right. What am I going to have when right. I go to a concert? What am I going to have when I go to a game? It's me right. so dull. <laughs> right. But it's not you. You noticing? You actually talk to people. You actually yeah. see things that weren't there before, and wow. you can have these experiences. And um, and you know, and then talk about not liking myself. I'm, I'm discovering I'm a pretty cool person. Yes, <laughs> he is. Dr. J is that. pretty good, yeah. You know, one thing, cool. one thing uh, when I got to the other side that I, um, that I really experienced was uh, that uh, God had put me back in touch with my true self. Mm. I had feelings again. All, this, all the years that I was in active addiction, uh, Pastor Junior, I never cried. Nothing made me cry. Like non-emotional. Nothing. But wow. when I got to the other side, today... I can look at a Bugs Bunny cartoon <laughs> and burst out in tears. Because you have emotion. Yes, you have feeling I'm, now. Yes, my yes. feeling, my yeah. true feelings have returned. And um, wow. it, only re- it, it could only return through the Holy Spirit. Yeah, you know, and you guys bring up two great points that, I, you know, that, that really, uh, again, not having that experience, I appreciate you bringing it up. It's like, one, the emotional connection, you know, to the world, to others, to your own identity, you know, you're masking something because maybe you don't want to deal with the emotion or maybe you don't want to deal with pain. But God gave us those emotions for a reason. And when we shut them off, we become, un, you know, we become less compassionate, less caring. We call that isolate. More detached. 
you know, we, we take advantage of people because we have no emotion. We steal, we rob, we, you know, kill. And, and people have done that over these, these addictions because maybe that receptor or that part of them that God gave them is to feel compassion and emotion and mercy has been cut off somehow. You know, whether it's physically cut off or spiritually, you don't have that humanity, uh, view of humanity anymore. You know, you can get that back. You can yes. be free from Absolutely. the bondage of Absolutely. detachment, you know, yes. when you become free from those addictions. And for you, you talked about being boring, you know, not having the spice of life mm -hmm. and not seeing <laughs> things in color. I mean, what a great, uh, what a great um, uh, benefit that is to be able to see things in, in color now or mm -hmm. to see things that you don't have to have a drink to say, well, how am I going to enjoy a ball game or enjoy a party? Because I think people believe that. Mm -hmm. I think people believe they need enhancements to kind of enjoy themselves. And I've seen it actually opposite. You yeah. know? I've seen it opposite in my own experience with people. And, and they actually become more of a nuisance at parties when they start drinking. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they think they're, like, having a good time. But everybody else around them is like, dude, just stop. You know, and it could be a family member or a friend. But um, I love those those two answers you gave you know you connect back with people mm -hmm. and now you see things in a clearer more vibrant way mm -hmm. you know and, and and those two things matter because you know whether or not you believe that there is that life for you there is that life for you there is hope for you there is that freedom for you and so um last but not least um we're gonna round out our, our time together and, and we could talk for hours i'm sure and this won't be the last time we hear from you guys, so it'll be, you know, you guys have been really great in here. But is there anything you guys feel like you wanted to talk about or share um, from your own personal story or maybe, again, on this topic of addiction and freedom from addiction that we haven't covered? So I'll give you guys, you know, some time some time if you guys have anything to share. If not, um, uh, yeah, let me know. But anything that you wanted to share? Yeah, one, one, one parting word is... Uh if you're out there and you're watching this uh, podcast or you're listening, don't be afraid to reach out for help. Yeah. Help is out there. Recovery is out there, but you have to go and get it. If you want it, it's out there, but you got to go get it. And don't be afraid to ask for help. And when you're in recovery, if you slip and fall, and I have slipped and fell, mm -hmm. get back up. Get back into the fight. You know, Don't stay there. Get back into the fight because there's a, there's a whole world out here. There's a whole world out here for you to see. The air even smells better. So my parting words would be, be this right here. Don't be afraid to ask for help. The journey of a 1,000 miles begins with that first step. That first step is reaching out and asking someone for help. So um, I encourage you to reach out and ask someone for help, and um, hopefully I'll see you down the road somewhere. Yeah, thanks, Brother Will. Anything for you, Jeanette? Anything you want to? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it might seem scary, but um, just take that chance and, and reach out. I know it's the holidays right now or seems to be a little bit more of a struggle but you're, you're not alone you're not alone there there is help for you and um yeah you don't have to have that drink at the holiday party or or um anything like that but um just reach out reach out to someone and god loves you for who you are so amen there's a um the song you hear in the background is a song that is on kanye's new album if you've listened to it kanye has a spiritual song it's called god is kanye yeah listen to it this is a song, if you're listening to it, I want to get your reactions to it. I mean, that yeah. Listen, this is his gospel album, right? Album? Yes. Kanye? Kanye, listen. This is him singing. Everything that I've had, praise the Lord. Worship Christ with the best of your portions. I know I won't forget all he's done. This is like what we're talking about. He's the strength in this race that I run. This is his gospel He's album, man. Miraculous. I can't keep it to myself. I can't sit here and be still. Everybody I will tell. Till the whole world is healed. King of kings, Lord of lords. All the things he has in store. From the rich to this, the this, poor. All it's good for his soul. You <laughs> I love it. This is his album. And I believe like this song. When I was listening to you guys you guys are talking, it reminds me of this song because it's like just saying God is, you know, that's the name of the song, God is. And it talks about just saying that he is the source of it all. He is the king of kings and he knows that he's the one that 
changed his life, you know, and so I love this song. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because, you know, Kanye usually gets a bad rap. It From is. The public, they usually give him a bad rap. But, but I think I was doing the same thing to him that people were doing to me. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's like with anybody, because he's famous and he's claiming that he's found the Lord, the best we can do is just pray for, for any brother or sister that's found the Lord. But the fact that he's putting this music out there, the Bible says, like, in one of the scriptures, people are complaining that so-and-so was preaching this, so-and-so was preaching that, and this and that, and the Bible. And I think Paul answered him saying, like, but is the name of Christ getting out there? That's all that matters, you know? And so I just threw it in there because, it, it, to me, it talked about this freedom he has, you know? And the whole album is interesting. If you guys get a chance to listen to it, um, it's, a, it's, a good, it's a good album. It's a good, good um song to i listen to this all the time just because it reminds me like if there's people out there that are struggling with addiction you know god is your freedom mm. god is everything and it may sound like uh you know religious or spiritual talk but again we believe in the power of god Amen. we believe in the power of god to change everything and so before we go out and close out um i want to pray together uh before we close out because i think Outside of all the information you guys gave, thank you very much, you know, Will and Jeanette for Absolutely. sharing your testimony, yes. sharing your story. Thanks for having um, us. How was it? Yes, thank you. Not bad, right? And not yeah. bad at okay. all. Okay, pretty painless, <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and we're getting better at this too. So, uh, you know, we try, we're trying to, to see where this podcast thing goes. And I'm just doing it because I feel like, uh, you know, God has so many stories in every seat. And as we begin to share these stories, um, people will see the courage or people will see the power in a life that is that was once this way and now it's totally different how does that happen mm -hmm. well it's only through the power of god mm -hmm. and our decisions to confront the root of our issues and to actually be honest with those things and find people around us um, to share those things with and um, um so yeah again if you guys uh have anybody if you, if you don't have anybody to talk to if you need help or if you need um, prayer Call us up here at Freedom Church, 808-682-7330, and uh, we'd love to talk story with you. Amen. But um, I want to have Jeanette and Will pray to close us out, mm -hmm. and um, we'll pray together, mm -hmm. and um, we'll, we'll kind of close our, our time together out. So would you start, and you'll close, uh, Jeanette? Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we come humbly before you. First and foremost, Lord, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for this day you have given us. What, yes, what a beautiful, glorious day you have given us, Lord. Yes. Thank you for touching us and waking us up this morning, Father. Yes, Lord. We know that there were many, many who laid down last night when we did that were not fortunate enough to wake up. Mm. So we thank you, Father, for not only waking us up, but breathing your precious breath of life into yes, us. We thank you for this time that you have allotted us to come together, Father, as friends, family, and loved ones. And we pray, Father, right now, Father, that if there's anyone out there that is listening to us, Lord. You know who they are, Father. I just pray that you would touch them. Touch them. Touch them, the Holy Spirit, Father. And yes, let them Lord. reach out, Father. Thank you so much, Father, for using me, Lord, you know, uh, to just be a vessel mm. you know, that light, Father. And I pray you continue to use me, Father, to bring hope to those that may feel hopeless. Because, Lord, you know that when the sun sets us free, we are free indeed. And I yes, thank Lord. you for setting me free and i thank you for setting free those that are listening to this podcast mm, yes. in jesus name lord yes lord. Mm. yes thank you father thank you jesus just for this opportunity god just to share our story and lord what what a journey that you have brought us through and lord you're still working on us you're not mm, over mm. yet yes so lord we just thank you we thank you for the gift of recovery, mm. the gift of sobriety, Lord. We thank you for our church, um, our family, God. Um, we just thank you for this precious, precious life that you have given us, Lord. May we never take it for granted, ever. Mm. And um, Lord, we um, just pray that you open our eyes to, to those opportunities, Lord, to reach out to others. Yes. And God, I just pray that this message really finds somebody and speaks mm. to their heart, Lord God. Just um, Pray that you find them where they're at, wherever they are, Lord God, um, that it really speaks to them and that they know that they are truly loved mm. by you, God. 
and um, just that you you talk to me there on, on that mountaintop, Lord God. And I just thank you, and I give you all the praise and glory yes, in your precious son's name. Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you guys for joining us, and yes. uh, thank you, Brother Will. You got it, Pastor G. Thank you, Jeanette. Appreciate your time. So do we go, and we, so, are we coming back next week? Well, they'll be on again, so <laughs> we're out, and uh, God bless you guys, and aloha. Thank you.